Soccer Show. We are back with some bonus coverage. Johnny, how you doing on a beautiful Thursday afternoon? We're 1-0 still, right? We're still winners? Yeah, feel, feeling good, Danny. It's, it's been a great week here in Charlotte. It's a winning week in Charlotte, and now it's time for the crown to, to go on the road. And, and it's quite a long road trip this weekend <laughs> for the club, Danny. Longest of the year, and we're going to talk about it now uh, with someone who knows all about long road trips in MLS. It's another special guest that we are proud and uh, honored to be able to bring you. And as someone, if you're a huge MLS fan, you know very well. Way back to 2008, everyone. Everybody, please welcome Sasha Kleshton to the show. Oh, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Two things. One of my favorite goals of my career, and the other thing is it's crazy to watch soccer in standard definition when we're watching <laughs> 4K these days. That was a long time ago, but uh, always fun to watch that goal. Thanks for having me, guys. No, no well, doubt. And having, thing, things on. look a lot more crystal clear on the uh, Apple Season Pass, uh, which we are uh, proud and happy to be able to watch you on now, Sasha. Uh, you're on MLS 360. We the, the whole new look. We got that started last week. It was uh, I was at the Charlotte game, but I came back and like watched, just rewatched the night uh, to to see like how you guys were doing it. Enjoy the new coverage. L- want to hear about that? Want to talk to you about what you think of Charlotte? And want to talk to you a little bit about your career and some things like that? I, we, I'm glad we could flash it back for you all the way to the Chivas days. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Sasha played. Five years in MLS, then went to Belgium for around five or six years, won a few cups, won a few titles, played in the Champions League, came back to MLS, played for Red Bulls, which, yeah, played for Orlando, which, okay, and then, you know, uh, finished it out with the Galaxy. Played on both sides of Cali Classico. I mean, you're a legend, Sasha. Thank you. We're honored to have you. I appreciate it. You sure know how to make a guy feel good, dude. (laughs) <laughs> that's what Dan, Sasha. That's what Danny does to me all the time. It's a great, a great thing to hang around Danny. All the time. Hype man, dude. This, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this is the wingman I needed when I need when I needed to go on a night out, dude. Someone to just hype you up all the time. I've been known. I've been known. Yeah, it, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I've, I've got a lot of stuff that I want to chat with you about. I, I really appreciate your your national coverage of the sport. I think you you lend such a great perspective. And I thought something that was interesting. You know, we want to talk about TV. Uh, Danny and I have 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 had a uh, career in, in television production, and we dabble a little bit in writing. So I just want to start with writing, right? I, I, I went on MLSsoccer.com, and I, and I saw that you're, you're putting pen to paper this season and writing a bit. Uh, how, how's that feel, and, and, and are, are you enjoying that process? Uh, I am. Listen, it's my first article. Uh, they offered to, to ghostwrite it, you know, like have me just talk to somebody, and they would write it for me. And I was like, no, no, no. If I'm going to write this thing. I'm going to write it myself. I want to take the time. I want to make it my own. But what's really prepared me for that is for the last two years, I've been commissioner of the Red Bulls Alumni Fantasy Football League. (laughs) Every every Tuesday morning, I write up a recap of the whole weekend of all the guys and, you know, chatting shit, talking trash and all the guys in the league. And that's really prepared me for being a writer. And so here I am, a little article that I'll have that will come out probably every Monday on the MLS website, stock up, stock down, where I take stock of what I've watched in the league that weekend. And I hope everybody enjoys it and, and uh, gives us some some stuff to talk about. Well, then hopefully we can get an Enzo Capetti stock up here at some point. I'm hoping that we don't see a stock down. I mean, I'm not he saying should, it's not possible. He should have taken that penalty. Yes. 
Thank you, Sasha. Yes. It's almost like you listen to our Sunday show because I I went on an epic rant in that it's we're on two extremes here. Last season, Enzo was trying to just rip the ball from Carol Swiderski, and this season he's giving it away. Let's just land in the middle somewhere. So so I didn't get to actually see what happened. Was there like a discussion over the ball, or did Kerwin Vargas just go grab it and take it? Did you guys see what happened? It it the 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 handball took a chance away from Kerwin. Like the ball was just about to fall to Kerwin's feet, so the handball kind of took it away. So he kind of gave the puppy dog look over to Enzo, and Enzo's like, "You're my little bro. Go ahead and take it." But we had Bradley Wright Phillips, your buddy, here uh, last week, and he predicted Enzo Capetti golden boot. Uh, you're not going to get the golden boot by giving away penalties. Buddy. No, I mean this is exactly right. We saw the same thing at the LA Galaxy on Sunday. Dayon Jovalich is the striker. This guy's 14 for 15 in his career on penalties. Ricky Pooch is three for six. I mean. If you're the striker, you got to go rip that ball and be like, I'm going for the golden boot. I want my striker grabbing that ball, putting it in the back of the net. Well, I'm glad we're talking about Capetti because he's a second-year player. And I thought one of the interesting segments y'all did recently um, on MLS Countdown, where you, you you dove into the research, you, you looked up the analytics, and you, you really put out what I thought was a really great argument that a second-year bump in MLS does exist. And Charlotte FC, I'm going through the roster, I'm looking at Enzo Capetti, Ashley Westwood, Breck Diagre, Scott Arfield, Patrick Ajemong, a lot of guys on this squad who have one year under their belt heading into their, their sophomore season. Um, who do you think could benefit the most uh, for – from this second year in MLS on the squad right now. Capetti is the one. He is the guy that has to carry the load for this Charlotte team. Uh, Bradley and I watched a lot of video of Capetti, and Bradley, you know, he's the striker, so he recognizes things a little bit more than me, but he sees the movement and the desire from Capetti that can get him goals. My worry is the service, is about the chance creation right now that – Charlotte has, you know, they got rid of Swiderski. They got rid of Uzwiak. Those are DP players. Now you have open DP spots. They have to go out and get players that are of high quality that can support Capetti in the attack. But he, he certainly is capable of getting the goals. He's, he's shown the desire. He's shown the movement. I worry about the chance creation. Makes sense. But we also have another second-year player, Breck Diagra, who's going to do the chance creation, right? Hopefully. Yeah, look, I played against Brecht in Belgium. I know him. He's a he's a solid player. I think if you're comparing him to other attacking midfielders in MLS, like this is the league of the 10, right? Like mm-hmm. I could name 10 top tier number 10s that are more high quality than Brecht Diagra right now. So he has to level up his game. Yes, he's in his second year as well. A lot of these guys are in their second year, which is important because now they understand the league. They understand the travel They understand who they're playing against. But I also think Dean Smith will simplify things for them. Uh, You know, on MLS 360, we only get to see bits and pieces of games. It's hard to analyze an entire 90-minute game. BWP talked about that for sure. What what I saw from Charlotte, though, in in the moments we watched when we were able to watch three minutes at a time here and there was just the energy of the team. It it seemed like they were pressing together, that they were working really hard, being hard to play against, and also just being organized, which I think – under the previous coach, Latanzio, it was almost like too much, you know, inverted fullbacks. And like it, it, sometimes soccer players just need to be told this is what you got to do and simplify it. And I think Dean Smith is doing that. So it could spell some some success for Charlotte this season. But I still think they need a few more quality attackers on the field.
Yeah, I, I agree that they do for sure. And I think the fan base does too. Uh, Sasha, I mean, it, it, we were waiting and sitting around, hey, uh, doing the thing on social media that, that every admin hates, just blowing up the, <laughs> the social handles, like new signings, question mark. Yeah. And and that, yeah. that fan, this fan base did that for a while. And I think there's potentially some things to come uh, throughout the summer. But you mentioned the the energy, right? And and when you when you took that window into Bank of America Stadium on the show, we call it the fortress and we call this the supporter section, the keep, uh, just to keep with the crown theme. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that you pointed out in your article that only one MLS team lost at home in match week one. Yeah. And Charlotte hasn't lost a home game in, in 11 games across all competitions at this point. Uh, what do you think about the atmosphere that Charlotte FC supporters have created uh, at the Fortress? And is it becoming possibly one of the most difficult road atmospheres in MLS? Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I played in the first game at that stadium with the LA Galaxy. Of course, no big deal. We won one zero, but that was a night I'll never forget. Just the entire day, we wake up. It's a long day when you're waiting for a night game, right? So me and a couple of buddies would always walk through the city, try to find a coffee shop. It seemed like every person in the city was wearing Charlotte FC gear and, and wearing that teal blue color. And, and I just thought that was amazing because you never know what to expect when an expansion team comes in, but the fan, the, the, the fan support has been fantastic. Every time we, we take a shot of those fans behind the goal on the show, it, it gives me goosebumps because I mean, I remember you saw the footage at the beginning of the show. I, I played when there were only 12 teams in MLS. 12. Yeah. It's wild to think about. Like, we would play all the teams four times, and I never thought we'd be playing in Charlotte in front of 60,000 fans and them going crazy and being knowledgeable about the game. Like, I don't know if this was planned. I don't know if you guys were there for that first game against the Galaxy, but the mic went out on the guy who was singing yeah. the national anthem. And the rest of the crowd just picked it up and sang it. And that's like one of my favorite memories just of being in a stadium. Like, how cool was that? I was like, so from day one, Charlotte has been awesome. And I, and I love that they've been a great addition to the league. Yeah, we were there. And, and despite uh, the result and despite um, your involvement in that result, it was such still a great evening. It's one of those nights where it's one of those very those times in sports where the result really didn't matter. No, it really didn't. Uh, and and. Even for us, like I got back in the locker room. Yeah, it was a great road win for us to start the season. But it was also like, wow, this this was awesome. Everybody who was here tonight's always going to remember this forever. And so that 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 was very cool. Yeah, and and you you know not just I got to correct you, seventy thousand. You know, not sixty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Put it uh, MLS <laughs> record. Uh, and Efrain Alvarez did us dirty. And uh, you know, just in fair play, I actually got his name wrong when we were talking about it before the show, and you corrected yeah. me. So uh, so I, I can get things wrong too. So. But uh, the one thing I want to say, just thank you as a Charlotte fan for that night, even though you guys did us dirty with the loss, you know, crazy goal. Um, that night also you did a jersey exchange with Chris Hagart, which is, you know, he's no longer with the club, but he was a player that a lot of fans really loved because he played for the Charlotte USL team in the, the year before uh, Charlotte FC got started. So Hagart had a lot of local love around here. And the jersey exchange you did, and just like the fact that you had gone to visit him when he was a patient back uh, uh, in, the, in the hospital – Lots yeah. of coverage on that. Anybody that doesn't know the story can go find out more. But I just want to thank you as a Charlotte FC fan. That was a, such a class move. Oh, I appreciate that, man. That, I mean, that was fun for me, too. That So many times as a player, I've said this story so many times now, but you get asked to do hospital visits or appearances mm -hmm. and you meet sick kids sometimes and you never hear from them again. You never know, like, did they make it or... 
anyway, so to run into his mom and dad in the, the hotel lobby, you know, the night before the game and then get to see him on the pitch. And he actually came into the game and played the last few minutes. That, that was a, a real full circle moment. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just excited to watch him continue his young career as well. Chris is uh, one of those guys, too, where it's like, yeah, you know, he's a professional soccer player, but and, and I think you you probably experienced this. And maybe it's soccer in general, but the ability to connect with the community and just kind of be a down to earth guy. Yeah, right? you play, yeah, play in front of 70K and seemed like a like great it. dude. I actually felt bad that all the hoopla surrounding him and I after that game and leading up to the game focused on him that he was sick when he was a kid. And I think he just wants right. to be a soccer player at this well, point. He's such a great player. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Exactly. He's out in Norway. He's playing with Bob Bradley out in Norway. Now. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That's awesome. So I really wish him all the all the all the success in the world. And, and I hope he has 100 percent here. Great kid. Well, let's talk about, we only got another couple minutes here. So before we, we, you take off on us, Sasha, let's talk about this trip out. You know, the home field advantage is great for the crown, but we got to take our longest road trip of the year. I think it's just under 3000 miles, Charlotte to Vancouver, British Columbia, the far, far reaches uh, of the league, but uh, it's beautiful there. Maybe not in February. Uh, What do you think, what's the biggest thing Dean Smith needs to worry about as he adjusts to this new league He's a Premier League manager. For him, uh, uh, his shortest road trip is like, excuse me, his longest road trip in the Premier League days is like our shortest trip over here. So what's he not ready for on a 3,000-mile road trip? Well, I mean, the time difference for sure. I don't know if they're flying out today or tomorrow. I would assume they're going to fly today to try to spend one day getting adjusted to, to Vancouver. Uh, that's one. I think just, just having your guys ready to play – and not, it's not going to be the same as when you're playing at home. The energy that you have is not the same when you're playing on the road. Uh, to be honest, the, the crowd in Vancouver is not as rowdy as it is in Charlotte. So it's a different atmosphere. So you have to have yourself like internally ready to play from the first moment. And Vancouver is a pretty good team. Listen, they, they made the playoffs. They're in CONCACAF Champions Cup. They, they gave a good run to Tigres. They've got some quality players in, in Ryan Gauld, uh, you know, running that attacking midfield spot. Scottish Messi. He, he, the Scottish Messi. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the working man's DP, as Vanny Sartini called him. <laughs> what a great title. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, just uh, uh, tactically a little bit different than NYCFC as well, playing in kind of like that 3-4-1-2 formation. But, you know, Dean Smith's seen everything. He's an organized guy. I'm sure he's going to set the team up to be successful. I'm, I'm pumped to see this match. I think it's a really fun opportunity for Charlotte. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because the odd number of teams in MLS, this is Vancouver's opening game of the season. Yeah, they too. didn't play in week one. So it's also a little bit like we didn't get to see them last week. So what are we really expecting out of Vancouver? So, we'll, you know, it's a little bit harder, I think, for Dean Smith to plan for. But we'll see. And they what, are, what they are they get eliminated you? from uh, Champions Cup. They did. Yes, they did. But they've had time they, off. They had, I think they had a friendly yeah. last weekend and they've had plenty of time off to prepare for this match. That's one thing I'm worried about. But what it's, can we I expect from you, you that this it's weekend? Free, that, uh, this match is the free stream on Apple. If you're not a subscriber and you're wondering, yeah. jump on. You can watch Charlotte FC for free on Apple Season Pass this week. Yes. Yeah. So I, I want I want to know just like as for you, Sasha, right? It's it's we're doing this interview Thursday afternoon. What what's the rest of the weekend look like for you? Like when you, when are you going to be in the studio and um, uh, and how does that schedule work? So my week now, I'll tell you, leading up Wednesdays, we we shoot the show. This is MLS. I shoot it here from home. This is in this is my little home studio. That's uh, good. Right after I get off the phone with you guys, I've got a meeting for about an hour and a half where we talk about all the storylines leading into the weekend for the MLS Countdown Show and MLS 360, which I'll be on on Saturday night. 
Uh, and then tomorrow afternoon around two o'clock, I fly to New York. I get into New York late at night, Friday night, grab a bite to eat. Saturday morning, I go play soccer down in Chinatown in the what's called the Bowery Premier League, which is very fun, 6v6 league. Amazing. And then I'm in the studio around three o'clock on Saturday, and I'm usually done around one in the morning on Sunday morning, Saturday night when all the games wrap up. And then I fly home Sunday morning, do it all again next week. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you love soccer, you got to sign up for a schedule like that. I mean, it's I, I'm pretty lucky, man. I'm, I'm semi-retired. I get to walk my kids to school every day. I live in Southern California. It's beautiful. And then on the weekends, I get to watch literally every single goal from Major League Soccer go in and react to it and talk soccer. Got the best job in the world, guys. Besides being a player, I do miss that. I love it. Well, we won't keep you from that production call because I know in my world I deal with that import uh, all the time. And I, if if the if the uh, if the on-air people show up, everyone, you know everyone's making fun of them when they're late. So I won't let, I won't let that happen. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Can't believe uh, what a great time this was, and I hope you'll come back. Yeah, that flew by. I had a great time chatting soccer with you guys, and uh, we'll join you again soon.